0: Don't tell anyone I'm free don't tell anyone I'm free hello and welcome to BSD talk number 153 it's Friday June 13. 2008. I have the last of the interviews that I recorded at BSD CAN 2008 for you, and we'll go right to it. Today on BSD Talk, we're speaking with Michael Lucas. Welcome to the show. Hi, Will. Great to be
1: here. I've always wanted to say that. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you enjoying BSD CAN this year? I'm having a lot of fun, learning a lot, talking to a lot of people, eating too much food. It's all good. And you're also doing some talks this year? Yes, I am. I did a tutorial on the first day of the conference on network improvement with NetFlow without spending any money. And I'm doing a talk at the last time slot of the conference on using network management tools to make your boss your willing
0: slave. Yeah, Unfortunately, I'd have missed the NetFlow one. Just due to my late arrival,
1: uh, I really hope to see that one, but I'm, I'm excited to hear the one this afternoon. They'll, they'll probably have me teach it again at some point. I'm not sure about next year, but perhaps in a couple years. We, we don't want to offer the same old tutorials every year.
0: Obviously, besides uh, speaking here, you're also known for being an author. Yes, I am. <laughs> And so some of your uh, perhaps more popular works are,
1: are your BSD books. Could you describe some of your rece- recent books? Sure. The the most recent one was Absolute Free BSD, which is essentially a rewrite of my very first one, Absolute BSD. We had uh, the one question people keep asking is uh, about the name. So I'm, I'll throw that out here right off. Back in 2000, 2001, when I was writing Absolute BSD, the BSDs really had a lot more in common with each other than they had different. If you knew how to work one of the BSDs, you could go over to any of the others, and you'd stumble a couple times, but basically you would be able to run it just fine. And in in the last several years, though, that's really changed. OpenBSD has gone off and, and done a lot of very unique things, for example. Their load balancing, PF, the sensors framework, are all a, a thing that they've really taken on and tried to master. NetBSD is, is aimed squarely at uh, portability, They have a lot of benefits to offer embedded developers. FreeBSD has gone into symmetric multiprocessing. They've really taken the the kernel lock and high performance and made that their, their area. So you can't really... Each of them really does deserve their own book. So does that mean we'll see some books from you on each of these? I'm hoping so. I really am hoping so it all depends on time. Unfortunately, I'm not a full-time author. It takes me about a year to do one book, provided nothing horrible happens. If I have to move or something, that's going to throw my whole schedule off.
0: And and obviously these books are drawn not just from the documentation but also your experiences running these systems. So
1: Oh yes, yes, absolutely. That's the uh that's one of the reasons for Writing a book is is to give your slant on the topic. Uh, I've been working on Unix systems for uh, well well my Unix experience is old enough to drink. Let's just leave it at that. There are people here at this conference that were born after I got my first Unix account. So uh, I've picked up a couple things. Uh, especially in the space of trying to do heavy lifting with no budget.
0: And do you work with FreeBSD through your own initiatives, or are you also getting paid for your day job to work on the
1: BSDs? Uh, Mostly my own initiative. I do have two FreeBSD machines at work. We use them for monitoring and logging, and they, they do keep picking up additional small functions. But... The, the majority of my job is as a network administrator. I am uh, work for an automotive supplier, and I'm responsible for the uh, Western Hemisphere Network, which is a lot less impressive than it sounds.
0: And could you describe maybe one of the projects that you've been working on or getting
1: ready to work on that you're most excited about? You know, I'm, I'm really... I, I have to be careful what I say about books I'm doing because other publishers have in the past heard what I'm working on and rushed something to press before I could finish my work that happened with the OpenBSD book once uh, Absolute BSD came out and it, it sold pretty well other publishers started keeping an eye on my publisher and trying to jump the gun on them and that puts, well, for one thing, it does divide the market. Fair enough. There, there are financial reasons there. However, when you hurry a book, it's just not as good. If, you're, if your goal is simply to get a book in the marketplace with words between a cover that are mostly related to a topic, it's very easy to, to hurry up and put out a piece of crap. I really can't stand that. One of the things I really try to do is to make the book that I'm working on not just technically correct and not just useful, but actually readable. Uh, I'm sure you've picked up a couple of computer books that had information in them you really needed to know. And after a couple of pages, your eyes start to hurt. Uh, And... You read a couple more pages and you get a headache. A, a lot of computer books are so badly written that trying to get useful information out of them is like mud wrestling. There, There is uh, a, a fine line, of course, between a book that is nothing but pure information, such as a printout of the source code, and a book that is completely fluff and... What I, what I really try to do is make the writing smooth and readable, put in enough fluff to keep the reader awake, uh, to keep their interest, and, and then focus not just on how, but why. Why is it important you have your network configured correctly? Why is it important that you lay out partitions on a file system? You see a lot of people these days who really don't know anything about partitioning. If you go and you install Red Hat Linux, for example, by default it gives you a single partition that covers the whole disk. And it gives you a lot of flexibility, but it does present some risk. And people should understand those risks. And that sort of thing is what I try to give my readers the, the information about why things are the way they are, not just how to do it. And obviously, the world
0: of the BSD and Linux and other open-source operating systems is a very fast-moving environment with new yes. features in it. <laughs> Yes. And how do you balance having a, a book that will stand the test of time, but at the same time isn't out of date the second it hits the shelves?
1: Well, that, that's not as easy as it sounds, I turned in the final manuscript for Absolute Open BSD, for example, and literally hours later, they announced a whole bunch of new features for PF. That was back in the, the three, four days when PF was really evolving quickly. And so I had to call the publisher and throw myself on his mercy and say, look, please, please, Give me another two, three weeks. Let me go through these things. Let me let me write up another couple of chapters. And it turns out it's a it's a very good thing I did. But eventually, what you have to do is, is simply go with your gut and try to to make the best guess you can. It also helps if you you talk with the developers. I try to work with, the commun- with an open-source community when I write a book about them. And the open-source guys really are happy to talk about their work, especially if you take some time beforehand. If you read the mailing list articles, or, or archives, rather, if you read the man pages, if you make it clear you've done your homework and that you really do want to put them in the best light you can, they'll, they'll happily... Say, oh, you—you really don't want to look at this section right now. Come back in two months, and—and then write it. Uh, I've gotten that more than once, and I've really appreciated it every time. So, you—you really, I suppose, just balance it by talking to them. Believe me, the developers will tell you if they're going to rip something out. They will tell you if uh, what you're writing is not accurate or if you have old information. For example, when I, uh, I wrote about FreeBSD Update for Absolute B- FreeBSD, and I found a, a mailing list archive post from Colin Percival, the author, where he called the source code for FreeBSD Update, update let me think, if I, re- if I recall correctly, it was something like a fetid pile of crap that he was embarrassed to show anyone. And, of course, before I I put this in print, I wrote him. I said, is this still accurate? And thankfully, he came back and said, oh, no, no, it's been redone since then. Which is really kind of a shame. I mean, it's, it's good for the community and all. But a developer saying something like that about their own work, it, it was really almost too much fun to pass up. But, really, it, it's just working with people. It, it's like... It's no different than systems administration. It's no different than management. It's no different than anything else that you get paid to do. It's about talking to people.
0: Great. Well, it looks like we're going to be getting invaded by conference goers in this room fairly soon. So. Oh, yes. Yes, we will. So I want to thank you very much for taking the time to speak with me, and I look forward to hearing your talk this afternoon on network monitoring tools.
1: You're very welcome. Happy to.
0: Thank you. Thank you. If you'd like to leave comments on the website or reach the show archives, you can find them at bsdtalk.blogspot.com, and if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com, that's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. This has been BSD Talk, number 153.